0: drink from them further. He hadn't cared about the glass, of course, but she had, so he'd humored her. Morgan, he said, have some wine. He paused. Morgan? She turned her head to look at him, but it was several moments before he could tell that she saw him. My lord, she rasped. Drink, my dear, he said reaching over and pressing the cup into her hands. It will do you good. She looked down at the cup as if she'd never seen one before and had no idea what to do with it. Finally, she seemed to come to terms with what it was. She bent her head and managed to bring the cup up far enough to drink from it. She set it down carefully on the tray, then leaned her head back against the chair and closed her eyes. Within moments, she was asleep. Nicholas sipped his own wine as he watched her. Her weariness was to be expected. Poisons fashioned by the black mage of Wykeweald were generally fatal, and Morgan had ingested more than was polite. It had taken all his skill as a healer, and all his strength as something more than a healer, to counteract the poison's effect. Even then, he hadn't been completely certain that she would survive no matter what he had hoped at first. She had, though she'd remained abed for over a fortnight, too weak to move. She had spoken to him eventually, but not past conversing on the most rudimentary of subjects. She hadn't asked him why she found herself at Lismore, not hundreds of leagues away at the palace of Torneroki, where she'd been attacked. She hadn't asked him who had healed her, She hadn't expressed any interest at all in what she was going to do in the future. He put on a good face whilst she was awake, but now that she slept, he could admit to himself what he'd been unwilling to before. She was terribly hurt. She was infirm, brittle, almost transparent. He wondered if she would ever completely heal. He sighed deeply. There was no more he could do for her that night. He put his hands on his knees. William, he called softly. Help me with the doors, won't you? The lad jumped up and opened the door. Nicholas set aside the table, then lifted Morgan into his arms. She didn't stir as he carried her out of the solar into the frigid night air. Nor did she rouse when he and William took off her cloak and boots and put her to bed. More herbs, my lord? William asked uneasily. Nicholas shook his head. We're past herbs now, lad. Light the fire, would you? I'll sit with her yet a while. You go on to bed. Thank you, my lord. Nicholas sat in a chair at the foot of Morgan's bed and watched her by the glow of hearth fire and candles. Either she would draw on her own strength to heal, or she wouldn't. All he could do was watch and hope. There was nothing else to try. Chapter One Torad Nerogi was under siege. Miach of Nerogi stood at his window and stared down into the courtyard below, contemplating the truth of that. It had been a brutal, unrelenting assault on the front gates for the previous fortnight. Now, though... It was only the late comers who were rushing into the courtyard, come in their finery to witness the nuptials of Arimar, king of Neroki, to the lovely and very demanding Edra of Pinrin. The inside of the palace showed just how thorough the onslaught had been. There was hardly a scrap of floor within that was not covered by some sort of servant, pile of luggage, or minor noble wishing he had either come sooner or with more money to bribe the mistress of the wardrobe, into giving him a decent place to sleep. Miach had found himself grateful, for a change, that he was Ademar's brother. At least he had a bed. Unfortunately, even with his ties to the throne, he didn't completely escape mistress' wardrobe's forbidding frowns, or her charms of ward made against him when she thought he couldn't see her. Obviously, he had alarmed her at some point in the past, but he alarmed most of the servants simply by virtue of who he was and what he did. So perhaps there was no point in trying to determine where he had run afoul of her ire.